Hey everyone, it's Jenna Melanson from Canadian Beats Media. I'm here with Adam Bentley from Otor Research in Hamilton, Ontario for our first interview in the new series, Inside the Industry. Welcome, Adam. Hey, uh, thanks for having me, Jenna. So it's just going to ask a series of questions to help musicians know what a publicist does. Cool. Yeah. Fire away. I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. So first off, can you tell when and why you started Otor Research? So Otor was started in 2009, I like to say by accident, because it really was. Um, I, I was in a band, uh, a seven-piece uh, monstrosity called The Rest, um, and <clears throat> I was getting press for, for, the, for the project. And uh, I remember I was at that time I was studio managing at Catherine North Studios in Hamilton. And Dan Aiken, who owned the studio, um, said, hey, why would you do that for other people? And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. He says, you got like hundreds of pieces of press on your album. Like you would probably just do this the same thing for other people. Um, and I thought, I guess I, I well, I can try it out. And I, I, I first worked with Amanda Zelina, who now goes by Red Rosman. And uh, she was working with Dan and they had a record and I went out and pushed it out in the world the same way I would push my own music and it went well. And then from there, other people found out I was doing it and started approaching me. And uh, I probably didn't think it was really going to be my day job. Uh, I, I never had any big grand ideas about it, but then maybe around 2012, I, you know, I kind of went, well, this is, all you kind of do, you know, you, you, you sit at a computer and you email people and you get press and set up interviews. And, and th that, at that point I started thinking, okay, maybe I should expand this and start bringing on other people. Um, and every year the, the company's grown a little bit. There's 10 of us right now that, that work uh, on the team. And um, we've grown into not just doing online press, but we also do digital marketing. So we're running advertisements on various social media platforms. We do project management for some of our, our, our clients that have, you know, often larger teams that need to be coordinated. Um, and all of those things just happen I, again by accident. Like somebody asked me about, you know, Hey, I'm doing this new, projects on my own. I don't have a manager anymore. I don't have a label. Do you think you can help me organize this? And I thought, oh, that'll be cool. And it was a lot of fun for us. Okay. And, and a few team members really, really enjoyed that. And I thought, well, maybe there's other opportunities here. And quickly it, it grew into something we were doing quite regularly. Um, and ads were very similar. It was a few long-term clients had mentioned, could you do ads? Like we're behind these ad companies, but they don't usually do music. And they don't seem to know that much about music. And I thought, okay, th this could be interesting to do as a case study. Um, and then quickly we go down the rabbit hole and bring on a consultant to teach us things. And uh, again, I wasn't going to do that outside of maybe a few long-term clients. And then we started having people ask it. I, hey, I heard from so-and-so you're doing that. Okay. And I think that's just how the company works. As long as, you know, I've never solicited, I've never gone out you know, looking for these jobs has been always word of mouth. And as long as that keeps happening, I think we'll grow in those those areas. When do you recommend a band or artist look into getting a publicist? You know, 
a, a traditional publicist and doing like a publicity campaign where maybe you're looking for radio or TV or print, you're, you need a foundation on, online already to do that. But for what we do, when we're first going out, when we're working with, you know, new music sites like yourself and, and, and bloggers that are very open to new music. As long as you're very organized and you have really good music, I think you can get into that world and build a foundation fairly quickly. Organization and, and planning, though, uh, seems like a minor thing, but it's a major, major thing. Having enough content to be able to push on your socials so it's augmenting the work we're doing um, is, is really important. And if you're not ready to put in that time commitment yourself, hiring a publicist is probably not a great idea. You still have to do a lot on your own. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess, is there any specific things that they should have prepared in advance? Like you said, have a foundation, but what specifically? So the first thing we normally do if we're going to work with somebody is we send them a, 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 a Google Doc. It's like a checklist of everything you're going to need. And I want to have that before, you know, at least a week before we even start working on the project. So those are things like biographical information. doesn't have to be a professional bio, but it does have to outline kind of your story and trajectory. Um, we'll often ask questions to pull out a quote about the song. But if you mm -hmm. have that information yourself, that's great. And you already know what you wanted this song narrative to be distilled online. That's great. Photos, art. Uh, downloads, lyrics, production credits, ISRC codes, your goals. We always want to know your goals, social media links. Um, also, you know, maybe if you have done this before on your own, what have, what have you been able to accomplish? What are those anecdotal inf pieces of information that might separate you from the pack? I like to say that, you know, I'm sending you a pitch and I want to have a really strong narrative. I want to have a really good visual aesthetic and great music but you need all three of those things to to catch you know uh, a, a writer or an editor's eye or, or a playlister in many cases yeah. uh, and everybody likes different pieces of information too and, and that's on us to know what you know what's going to work for your site and what's going to work for somebody else's site what can you do for an artist that they can't do for themselves I think it's a combination of we're extremely well researched it's in the in the, in the name. Um, so we have a, a great database and knowledge about what, again, what type of features are being run at a site? What, you know, when is, when should we hit them up? When, um, you know, when in an artist's career is it going to be best to hit them up? When to follow up with somebody? Um, and it's also the relationships. You know, I'm sending you a, a message, uh, and I hope you feel this way, that you're more likely to open it up because you know there's going to be some quality uh, to it. You know, not everything that's sent to me, I go, yeah, I'll work this. It's actually yeah. a small percentage that I say yes to. Um, and because of that, I think we build up a rapport with our contacts. Um, and it takes a lot of time to do this uh, efficiently and effectively. We have a uh, I think a pretty amazing system that is tries to be as transparent as possible. So the artist is along for the ride and we're, I, I, I uh, pride myself and I think the team does as well on our communication skills mm -hmm. and we have education that we can you know, also display as we're going along, giving you best practice, artists, best practices. So they know what they need to do as well. Um, 
I definitely think the artists should be very proactive in trying to do as much as they can. There's a lot of music that's hitting people's inboxes. You know, we want to be smart about, you know, coordinating if there is any doubling up, but I think there's often doubling up now just so people go, Oh, this is a priority. This is something that's. Perfect. Um, So you talked about social media. How important is it today? And should they have every social media or is there certain ones that are preferred? Right. I, I think in an ideal scenario, first, massively important, like incredibly important, never been more important. Um, You know, you have things like TikTok, which is probably the best music discovery platform on the planet right now. Probably the best music discovery platform since MySpace, if not better, might be better. Um, There's probably an argument for both sides of that, (laughs) Uh, but we don't really need to talk about MySpace. Uh, But you know, TikTok, you know, is really, really important. Um, and it's aged up. I think, you know, you don't, it's not just for teens and tweens anymore. It's for everybody. There's niches for everything. So being on there is important. If somebody doesn't to- feel comfortable, then maybe you don't do it. I don't want to force people to go um, outside of their their honest and authentic voice. But Putting a foot out of your comfort zone is often not a bad idea as well. You have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do to expand your audience and your reach. Um, But you still want to make sure you're doing it in a way that feels right. And you're not, oh, there's a dance going on on TikTok right now. I should probably just do the dance because that's the thing that, you know, that's not, people are going to see through that. That's not going to register with them. It's about making connections on these social platforms. Yeah. Uh, you know, Instagram is often the one I would say artists are most comfortable with uh, in my experience, but reels are the big thing on there. That's how you get to cold audiences. So it's similar that the content you're making for TikTok, you make for reels. It can be the same or it can be slightly adjusted, um, but doing those, it gives you the best chance to get outside of your audience and then being consistent, doing these things as much as you can if you think you can make two videos a week, make two videos a week, do them at the exact same time, you know, build up, yeah. build up that kind of uh, consistency that people are going to expect that. Now we're in, we're in an age where twice a week is kind of low, you know, every day is kind of more what these platforms want and that can be difficult. So sometimes you have to pick and choose. I find that Twitter is a great platform for press people, for industry people, for, um, y- you know, in real time sort of conversations, things that are happening in the moment, almost like your news feed as an artist. Uh, that one can be tricky, but I, I think if you can have that one and at least tell people what's going on in, in your world, that can be very important. And Facebook, well, Facebook's not really an everyday platform for, I would say, 90, 95% of artists anymore. It just doesn't really work that way algorithmically. I think being on there and and being able to utilize that back end, that's when it can, you know, the data you can build from Facebook and then use on Instagram is very, very powerful. Um, And still, you know, some people prefer that. So if you can be on all these places and schedule and plan out when you're going to post to not overwhelm yourself, I I go by the 80-20 rule. Try to build 80% of your content before you even launch. Because once you've launched... And you, if you try to build everything in real time, it's almost impossible. Sure. Unless you're one of these zeitgeist side of, sort of people that are really in the moment, you're always online, super online. Um, you're probably not going to be able to ke- keep up. 
And if by the time you are kind of prepared, your song cycle's over and you should be starting the next one. Yeah. Okay. So lastly, what makes Otor Research stand out from the crowd? Uh, I think we have, I don't know anybody that quite has the combination of campaign types that we do. I think my introduction into this world was a little bit irregular. And because of that, you know, I, I didn't know a publicist, for instance, was supposed to work Canada. You're, you know, I was, didn't know that was a thing, really. Okay. So I just worked anybody that uh, was writing about music online. I saw it as the internet. And instead of building things by location, I built them by taste and, and, and tried to connect that that way. And I think that's still how we view things in a very, you know, we have Canadian and U.S. team members. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also, I think, fairly unique for a, a Canadian company um, to have people in the States that are that are working on projects. But I, I like to say that we, if we were all in Denmark, it would be very, very similar. Where the artist comes from is definitely important. But where we are is not the deciding factor of where press is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to get out there? I think, uh, I think that this, this is a great like snapshot, uh, you know, of, of what you need to do and prepare. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing I'm pushing with artists. Now it's unbelievable the amount of content that is required to run successful campaigns now, you know, it used to be someone would give me a song link, give me like two lines, and then I would build something out of that. That's, and maybe I'd have a photo. That was it. <laughs> that was good. I yeah. could, you know, it didn't matter. And I wasn't going to hit up people multiple times during a campaign to make sure they've seen something. It was like, I'll send one email, see how that goes. And that was it. And now there's all these other touch points. You need all these levels of repetition to really cut through um, because, you know, you were saying you got a hundred average, maybe, and on a Friday, a lot more than that. Um, I hear from a lot of, you know, publications, two to 500 is pretty, pretty regular for you. You're, this is, it's supposed to be at least only Canada, right? You're covering. Yeah. Um, so think about all the songs that are being released. You got 60, 70,000 songs being uploaded to streaming platforms every day. So how do you cut through and how do you make your release special? Well, there's all of these components and you, you know, you could be a unicorn and release your music online and it just takes off. That's almost no one that happens to most people. It's brick by brick. It's the, the house analogy. You're building your foundation, you're building up your basement. And then maybe next time you'll be able to put on like the first level. Maybe it, it's, it's a marathon. It's going to take a while. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, it's been nice chatting with you and thank you for being my first interview. Thanks for uh, inviting me and, and, and uh, letting uh, me be the, the first on this, hopefully ongoing series, because I'd love to personally, I love learning. I love, uh, you know, embracing the chaos that is the music industry and finding new ways of doing things. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be checking these out. That's for sure. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks again, Jenna.